The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Scott Walker. Nine, I'm sorry, I almost said nine o'clock. It's 8.16, you're tuned in to WGNS. Dr. Craig McCabe, eye doctor in studio with us this morning. How are you this morning? Hey, I'm doing great, and my yard's doing a little better with all the rain we got over the weekend, so I appreciate that. And did everybody appreciate the cooler temperature yesterday? It felt better, but man, it was still humid out there. I think that humidity is going to stick around. Yeah, as long as you have that dew, pe- dew point high, then it's going to be very humid. You know, they, they say weather-wise that there is a heat dome over our part of the country. And that's why it's been so hot. But now, this week, we're going to have cooler temperatures, more like typical July, where this heat dome moves to the west. And now everybody in the western part of the United States will be complaining it's so hot. Well, they, they deserve that. <laughs> we, oh, we suffered oh, enough. So. Oh, oh, no one deserves that, <laughs> I don't think. But, yeah, you know, I, I, I read, well, actually, I heard on the radio this morning, they were talking about the heat wave across the U.S. and Texas, 100-degree days every single day this week there, which means a heat index reading of, you know, 110 to 120 in some areas. Yeah, and... At the point where it's greater than 98 degrees, then you become a heat sink for the environment, which means that you're cooler than everything else around you. And so the heat comes to you. And so I think everyone will appreciate these lower temperatures that we'll get throughout the week. Well, one of the things they were talking about in Texas, which we thankfully will probably not have here locally in Rutherford County, but uh, blackouts, you know, because of the extreme use of electricity, keeping houses and businesses cooler. But they say TVA is is better equipped for the population that it serves. And typically that's not a, a concern in Middle Tennessee. Yeah, thankfully we have that. <clears throat> we have the nuclear power plant out in Oak Ridge. Uh, So we have a lot of energy sources here in Tennessee. And uh, yeah, as long as the water keeps flowing over the dams to generate those turbines, then we'll have hydroelectric energy. And thank goodness for that. Where in other countries, they don't have, especially out in the West, where you're in those arid environments, those desert environments, they don't have hardly any hydroelectric energy except for really the Hoover Dam. So those people uh, do struggle with the heat. You know what's interesting is that <clears throat> it rains so infrequently and so little in Las Vegas that if you go out there, you won't see any sewers on the streets huh. to drain the water away. I never even so thought they, about they just let it flood for an hour or two, and then it's gone. It evaporates because the air is so dry out there. But uh, <clears throat> people out in California, like, uh, you know, now they're having fires in Yosemite, which is just one of the most beautiful parks in the country. And that's a shame. And the heat wave's moving that way, and it's really going to make it harder for the firefighters. So um, hopefully uh, they'll get some luck somehow, but uh, they'll need it. That, that weather, when it gets that hot to where it's, 
you know, 100 degrees plus, and then you factor in how dry it's been, um, you know, in places like that, it, that would make it really rough. Yeah, you know, it rained so hard for a few days over this weekend. I went out and I looked at my yard yesterday, and it was still dry. I, I'm I like, come on. <laughs> so we're we're in a deficit here, and I think we got some more coming this week. Although it's never a lot at a time, but uh, certainly it's welcome as everyone's yards were turning brown. And I'm sure uh, this helps out the farmers, too. Uh, everyone needs that water. It is life-giving. Uh, most definitely. Again, in studio with us this morning, Dr. Craig McCabe, local eye doctor here in Murfreesboro. If anybody has any questions for him, feel free to text or call those in, 615 615- Eight nine three one four five zero again six one five eight nine three fourteen fifty. You know, this weekend I was using my sunglasses and I started thinking, you know, it'd be nice to have a pair of prescription sunglasses. Is that? Can you get you know like the Ray Bans, the Oakleys? Can you get those in prescription sunglasses? Uh, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Oakleys uh, will either make flame, frames for prescription or. In the wraparound sunglasses, you have to get a little prescription insert that goes just behind the lens. But most manufacturers of the higher quality sunglasses know that they can reach a much larger market and therefore greater profits if they can make them so that they accept a prescription lens as well. And uh, so many of those do that. Uh, You know, everyone is welcome to come by our office. We do have a very nice little optical shop there. Uh, where you can uh, get the things that you need. And if you're contact lens wearers, we have the full lines of either colors, astigmatism correcting, one specially for dry eyes, uh, you name it, we have it. Are they that much more expensive? Because, you know, those those brands of sunglasses are already high, mm-hmm. um, but they're, they're well-made. But are, are they that much more expensive to get the prescription version? Well, it's... Uh, you know, typically they're the higher brands, so you're going to pay a little bit more for the frames. The lenses are going to be about the same, but uh, for the frames, you're going to pay some more for that because they're a premium frame. And, you know, it's interesting about just the sunglasses without the prescription, so just the ones that have no correction in them, is that uh, I had a customer come in last week and they said, you know, I'm just not seeing very well outside. And I said, what are you wearing outside? And they pull out their sunglasses, and it was a lesser expensive pair of sunglasses with a cheaper quality plastic uh, lens. And I said, I put them on. I said, you know what? I don't see what very well through these either. Because <laughs> <laughs> inside, when we were checking his vision, his vision was pretty good. So you're going through all these medical problems that could be and all that. And lo and behold, it's just because... Uh, he didn't have a quality pair of sunglasses. And so I went out uh, to our optical shop, and we were out there. We looked outside, and I said, now try these on. See if you see a difference. He's like, oh, my gosh, I seem so much better. And I said, yeah, see, it's it's uh, not a, a difficult medical problem. So make sure that the ones that you're getting are very optically clear, that you see well, and you'll do well, you'll perform well, you'll play golf better, all these kind of things that you like to do. Driving will be less eye strain. All those kind of things will improve it for you. We have two questions here. The first one, dealing with sunglasses. Uh, we sparked a topic, I guess. Uh, with the prescription sunglasses, can you get those with polarized lenses? 
So it's very hard to get the curved ones or the wraparounds with uh, polarized. Uh, the the straight or the flatter ones uh, you can, and so that's just based on the lens. Um, if you get the inserts, then you can get a, a regular insert and the outside sunglass lens, if you will. So they have two lenses in them. That uh, further front lens, uh, you can get that uh, in a polarized format as well. And polarization <clears throat> is great for being on the water, for driving, because uh, there's a lot of reflections that uh, cause glare. But uh, <clears throat> they're not uh, as good in the evening, typically, because they reduce the light coming in. They're not uh, good, as many people who have had them will tell you, for reading LCD displays, because it'll kind of darken and blur them out. And uh, if you ever watch the golfers on TV, if they have polarized sunglasses on, they will take them off when they're putting on the greens, because the sheen of the green tells the uh, direction of the slant of the green and uh, so it makes it more difficult to read the putts if they do that so there are times when they're good and times when they're a deficit and so you just want to be wearing the right ones for the right situation again dr craig mccabe on the air with us this morning local eye doctor here in murphy's bro you can call or text questions in 615-893-1450 this next question I have 20-20 vision, but recently failed an eye test at work to move up or advance to that next level because I found out I'm colorblind. Mm. Is there anything that I can do to help correct this? Question mark. So I, I guess some jobs, I, I, I never thought about it a whole lot, but I guess some jobs, I know we've talked about colorblindness before on the air, but... I, I guess some jobs deal with, well, you know, this caution is written in red or green. And if you can't see it, we, we you know, you're going to have an issue. Yeah. And it's, it's typically not that you don't see it like it doesn't exist, but you have a hard time distinguishing between colors. Like you've heard red, green color blindness is the most common. A uh, couple uh, uh, people out of 20 uh, will have it, usually males. Um, because it is, uh, I believe, uh, X-linked, uh, so it's on a sex-linked chromosome. And in women that typically have uh, two X chromosomes, one of them will take over for the defective one and make up for that, and that's why women typically aren't that red-green colorblind. It does happen, but not very often. And in, in men, it does, and it usually carries down through the family. Uh, there are <clears throat> some special glasses with special lenses that help distinguish certain colors better. It's not that it'll make you see red as red, but it'll help you distinguish that red from green or different shades. You'll be able to help separate them. So I would have to know the specific situation for that. <clears throat> yes, but there are alternatives uh, that can help you distinguish different colors. I guess some people, they'll go through half their life never realizing they're colorblind until they're 40, maybe some cases 50 years old. 
Well, usually uh, it's when they uh, are dating or they're married, and the spouse says, you know, what are you doing? you got two different colored socks on. That tie doesn't match that shirt at all. So those kind of things, because, uh, you know, you know where the red light is. It's on top of the three, right? Yeah. So you, you, you know these things by proximity or location whatever and it's not till someone is looking at you more critically of the way you dress typically that you don't see those colors that's the typical situation so so you if you're colorblind you can't see greens well for example i guess throughout your life you're going to see greens as what what color i mean you're going to think it's green uh yeah it's a little grayish it's a little grayish and red may be the same way and so you have a typical time uh, distinguishing those two and certainly shades of them so uh, there are certain glasses that help bring that about by blocking certain frequencies of light uh, that can help you better distinguish those but it's not like you see red as red you know what I mean yeah. but they'll help you distinguish it from another color and then you'll be able to separate them so I, I don't know if it works for that person's job uh, but, uh, yeah, I feel for you about that. And just like you said, most people don't realize it till later on in life. And, and it's fascinating because, well, <laughs> you're wearing a red shirt today. If I were colorblind and I saw that differently, would I see any shade of the red or would it just be a gray color? Uh, so there's varying degrees of it as well, but, um, it's not that you see green is green and red is red, but they're more kind of grayish tinted. And so they look more similar, uh, but you can see yellow and blue quite well. Hmm. And so that's a duochrome deficiency, red, green. There are trichrome ones where it's uh, red, or excuse me, it's blue, yellow, green. So there's, there's different ones, uh, but the most common one is the red, green color blindness in men. And I'm guessing when they check somebody for that, it's usually a number within a, a circle or something and it, the number's red and the circle's red so you gotta i guess differentiate well are you able to read this number so i'll tell you what everybody can do this after the show and not while they're operating a um heavy equipment or a car <laughs> but you can go to the inter internet and you can look up color blindness test or ishihara Dr. Ishihara was the first one to come up with this. And they'll have different letters on different color backgrounds. And you have to have your glasses on. You have to cover up one eye, do it one eye at a time. And uh, you can look at these uh, plates. Typically, there's about 15. And it'll probably take you four minutes to do it completely on both eyes. And so it's an easy thing. You can tell it yourself. And next question of the day, and again, you can call or text us, 615-893-1450. I noticed last week I have intermittently felt a stabbing-type feeling in my right eye. It happened twice, but I can't tie it to anything. What could this possibly be? Oh, I've got this one figured out. You just have to take the spoon out of your coffee cup. <laughs> So when you lift it up, <laughs> no kidding, don't just kidding, it to your eye. just kidding. So a little bit of eye humor, emphasis on a little bit, but the the most common thing for eye pain or blurred vision that happens over seconds is a dry eye problem, and we've had lots of people come into the office lately and say they're having issues, blurred vision. 
uh, gritty, sandy sensation. And now when it's so hot, everybody's got the AC blowing on their face, right? To cool off because it's so hot. First thing you do as soon as you get in the car, right? You do that, put all the windows down. Um, so just like wind dries out the grass, these convection air currents, if you will, they dry out the surface of your eye. And when your eye gets dry, the nerve sending, the nerve endings in the cornea epithelium are stimulated saying, hey, I have irritation. It doesn't know what it is, whether it's dryness or a foreign body. And it says, I've got to wash this out. And that's the only reflex your eye has to protect itself besides closing the eyelids. So it will make your eyes water and you'll get tears or it'll puddle up on the bottom of the lower lid. And you know that's not normal. Um, and so dry eyes is probably the most common problem we see or that I see in my office. And we take it seriously because it affects your vision. It affects the quality of your vision. You know, I do cataract surgeries with these premium lens implants that help people see very well in the distance, up close, and in between without any glasses. But they've got to have a healthy tear film for it to work. It's that important. So it's not like when you come to our office, we just give you a bottle of off artificial teardrops and say, hey, if this helps you, you know, get more at the drugstore. That just doesn't cut it, it seems like, for a lot of patients. So we work through a significant algorithm to keep your eyes moist. And when you have a healthy, quality tear film, your eyes will see better. They won't be so pink and red. They'll feel better. You won't have eye strain. Uh, and if you wear contacts, you'll be able to wear your contacts longer in the day uh, without having issues where they're turning into potato chips in their eyes because your eyes are so dry. So there, there's all these kind of things. But dry eye <clears throat> is a very common problem, but it has a significant effect on your vision, the quality of your vision, and the comfort of your eyes. You know, over the years, as, you, as you've been on the air, it, it seems like dry eyes, for you, of course, easy to diagnose, but yet for <laughs> listeners out there, there are so many different things that could equal, well, that's probably a dry eye problem. I mean, because I've never heard a stabbing feeling in the eye before. Yeah, so let's just go through kind of an easy symptom algorithm for red eyes, which is a very popular topic. So... Dry eyes is a scratchy, gritty, sandy, blurred vision that can also make your eyes pinkish in color. Blepharitis, which is a disease of the oil glands, which are, there's probably 30 to 50 on your eyelids, just behind your eyelashes, both upper and lowers. They make the outer oil component of the tear film. You know how oil sits on water, blocks the oil, blocks the water from evaporating. So if you remove that, the water can evaporate. That's the most common cause of a dry eye problem. So blepharitis problems with the oil gland. Now there you'll get crusty stuff on your eyelashes. So that distinguishes it as well as the eyelid margins where the lashes are at will be kind of red inflamed and irritated. And the third thing is allergies. We talked about allergies. The hallmark of allergies is that you want to scratch your eyes and rub your eyes like crazy. 
<laughs> and it's just like having, you know, hives or a rash on your skin. You want to do the same thing. And so that's the hallmark of that. And those are probably the most common situations for that. A less common one, but I've seen several in the office lately, is called the pink eye, which is a virus infection, typically adenovirus. And that one, your eye won't be so, you want to scratch it out. It won't be such a foreign body sensation, but it'll be irritated, it'll be teary, and it's definitely red. The problem with adenovirus, conjunctivitis, or what's called the pink eye, is that it's so contagious. And you will, like 70% of people will cross-contaminate, even though I tell them not to like vigorously <laughs> they'll rub one eye and then they'll rub the other one because they want to rub their eyes and uh so you have to wash your hands like crazy like you're neurotic and you have to use special antiviral medications uh gangcyclovir uh which is hard to obtain and can be expensive depending upon your drug insurance so if you're having any of these issues it's not something that you wait you know a couple weeks on you should try to take care of it it may affect you your performance your driving it may affect you contaminating others and ruining three weeks of their life for that which is no fun and they'll remember it believe me for a long time <laughs> so uh you know it's not like you've got a cough or a scratch on your skin or something like that or a sneeze or something you know you like say ah wait a few weeks see if it gets better if not go to the doctor these are things you should probably see the doctor for sooner rather than later or it can have repercussions so with pink eye that's one of those things that you know i always remember standing out throughout elementary middle school people always talking about pink eye and the fear of pink eye i've never had it does it itch that badly well not as much as an allergy but it does itch some you have more of a it's not a red eye but it's kind of a pinkish eye and your eyeball, the conjunctiva, the white part, can swell up a little bit, a little pink, and it's teary is the main thing. Now, see, like in our office, we have adenoviral detectors, so we can detect that pink eye in 10 minutes and then treat it appropriately. With dry eye, we have tear osmolarity measurements that can tell if your eyes are dry and these things really help us distinguish before between the different forms of a dry eye it's much harder to just kind of look at it and say ah it looks like this or it looks like that you can uh, make mistakes that way so everything at our office of course is science-based so again pink eye without prescription medication will it eventually go away on its own or will it stick around yes it is a self-limited disease in probably 75% of people, and they only go through the first phase of pink eye, as I call it, which is what we've just described. And it probably lasts about three to four weeks. But there is a second phase, which becomes more deeply inflammatory to the cornea, and you develop these deposits called subepithelial infiltrates, or SEIs, but what they do is they can actually cause scarring and damage your vision permanently. 
where this is not self-limited if you get into this second phase. You know, it's like a lot of diseases. It can be mild when treated appropriately and everything, but if it can go on and fester, it can get much worse. So it, it's always better to go in, get it checked out, make sure you're going to a place that can distinguish these things, and uh, then uh, have it taken care of, and then you can go on with your life much sooner. You can call or text Dr. McCabe at 615-893-1450. Before we head to the break, we'll go ahead and dive into the first question. We'll get the next one when we come back. Uh, I use Lumify on my eyes for eye drops to whiten my eyes because I work with the public on a daily basis, but I still have dry eyes. Can I mix this Lumify to whiten my eyes with an allergy-type eye drop, or should I not mix the two? So Lumify is the safest of all the eye drops, and I recommend it to my patients for, so to speak, getting the red out. But it's treating the symptom. It's not treating the problem. Please understand that. It's good for pictures. Uh, if you're out in the public, yes, but you should be treating your problem. So you should go see your ophthalmologist, and it's probably going to be dry eye. It could be allergies. It could be blepharitis. It could be a combination of these things. But treat the underlying problem. And then maybe uh, if it gets treated well enough and it's not severe enough, you can go without the Lumify. But otherwise, you're going to be constantly using it, and you're not going to be treating the problem. Again, Dr. Craig McCabe, eye doctor, on the air with us. And Dr. McCabe's office is at 122 Heritage Park <coughs> Drive in Murfreesboro. That's close to MTCS or Middle Tennessee Christian School out Memorial Boulevard. And you can also find them online at McCabeVisionCenter.com. You can call or text Dr. McCabe right now at 615-893-1450. So if you have a medical-related question dealing with the eyes... I call, text it in, and, and maybe you can stump them on another medical-related question. I don't <laughs> stump know. the eye doctor. That's right. And it doesn't matter whether it's glaucoma or cataract surgery, diabetic eye disease, or macular degeneration. Everything's fair game. Uh, we want to help you. 615-893-1450. Again, call or text. Time right now, 842. You're listening to WGNS. Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City, inviting your family to come do business with my family. You can find us at 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Animal City is Murfreesboro's longest running and only family operated pet store. Here at Animal City, we know how important nutrition is to a healthy pet. We are proud to carry full lines of premium foods to suit most critters. Come see us at Animal City, 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Family Restaurants. Do you know somebody who has moved far away and is missing eating at Demas's? Well, Demas's Family Restaurants now offers many of our sauces and some of our food, such as pot roast and soup, to be shipped all across the nation. It's very simple. You just go to DemasFamilyKitchen.com and you can send an order to anybody as a gift all across this nation. You can send an order to anybody. Go to DemasFamilyKitchen.com 
Hey, uh, you see Tony's face? Yeah, he's using one of them Dollar Shave Club six-blade razors with six stainless steel blades for a close shave. His face is as smooth as a river rack. Smooth as a nice olive oil. Like a bowling ball. Like silk pajamas. Like a seal down at the aquarium. Like a ball of wax. Wax job? Hey, no one said nothing about a wax job, okay? Quit being a wise guy. Dollar Shave Club. For a noticeably smooth shave. Find us in stores and at dollarshaveclub.com. It's not easy being the one everyone counts on to keep the facility running, no matter the weather or supply chain hiccup. But we get you, Raymond in Buffalo, and Maria in Miami, Jules in Minneapolis, and Stan in Central Indiana, taking control of everything that's under your control. At Granger, we're here for you with experienced branch staff at over 250 locations so you get the product you're looking for. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Again, Dr. Craig McCabe in studio with us this morning. If you have an eye-related <coughs> medical-type question, you can call or text it in right now, 615-893-1450. And that other question we had before the break it says, I was excited when my wife told me her cataracts now qualified for lens implants. She had a major eye problem. It says 20 400. I don't know what that means. Uh, it says, sadly, they told her that her eyes were too dry to get the multifocal premium lenses. They put in the regular lenses, and her distant vision is much improved. Still must wear glasses, though, to see up close. Does this sound accurate? Uh, yes. <clears throat> like I said, a dry eye problem does affect your vision, whether you have cataract surgery or not, <clears throat> whether your eyes are totally healthy or not. In whatever shape it is, your vision, your comfort, the look of your eyes will be worse when you have a dry eye problem. So the answer to me is to if possible and it usually is treat the dry eye problem first so that then you can go on and have successful cataract surgery with the best lens implants if you're very motivated to try to be as free of glasses as possible for the rest of your life after cataract surgery um, now they <coughs> They, they did her right by discussing the topic with her and telling her that that would be a problem because if it's not treated, then yes, you should not get those premium lens implants. But if you want them, then you merely have to have some patience and you treat the dry eye problem, get that significantly better to where then you would qualify and be able to take advantage of the benefits of these multifocal lens implants. So unless there's some rush to go to surgery, I would say have some patience, uh, get the dry eye treated, then have the cataract surgery with the lens implants you want, because these lens implants, they're a once-in-a-lifetime decision. It's not like a year or two from now you can come back and say, hey, now I'm ready to get those premium lens implants i'm tired of not being able to see up close or in the middle just distance 
you know, I know I'm much better and that's great, but I would like to have full range vision. So that's not an option later on because there's more complications, a higher complication rate that's possible. Doesn't mean it's going to happen, but statistically it's more likely. So you want to avoid that and just kind of have it done the way you want the first time. And that's, in my mind, uh, the best way to go about it. And that's what we do at McCabe Vision Center. So if we see someone with a significant dry eye, and it doesn't matter whether they want the full range vision lens or just the distance lens, we treat their dry eye first because when you do your measurements called the lens calculation visit, that's the visit before the cataract surgery, the quality of those measurements determine the accuracy of the lens implant power that the doctor should pick for your lens. So it's kind of like garbage in, garbage out. You hear that computer term, maybe I'm dating myself, <laughs> but you have to have good data to make good decisions. And you won't get good data with a dry eye when they're doing the measurements on your eyes that determine the curvature and the length of the eyeball that determines the power of the lens implant that goes in your eye. So I guess the answer is treat the dry eye first, then have the cataract surgery, regardless of the lens implant. I published a paper on this over 10 years ago, which shows that if you don't treat the dry eye first, you will have a greater standard deviation of errors in not being accurate in picking that lens implant, whether it be just the power of the lens or the astigmatism correction that may be required. So not to get too technical, but get your eye healthy first before they do the measurements. You'll get good measurements. You're much more likely to have the lens implant power be correct where you don't need glasses, at least for distance or with the full range vision lenses, it's critical. So, and plus you want to get the dry eye treated just because your eyes will feel better. You'll see better and it'll be more comfortable. So let's take a phone call real quick here. You can call or text Dr. McCabe, 615-893-1450. Good morning. You're on the air. Good morning. Is that me? That's you. Okay, I got a couple of questions for Dr. McCade. How many years ago, if you know, did they start putting lens in the eyes? And how many years ago did they start removing cataracts? My wife and I were just discussing that. We both had cataracts removed. Actually, my wife is your patient. Okay, thank you. I'll hang up and listen. All right, thank you for calling. All right, so now we want some history of cataract surgery. Tell me, Scott. We'll put you on the hot seat. When do you think the first cataract surgery is recorded? were performed. I, I bet you they did some kind of version of it in the 50s, but maybe even before that. I, I don't know. <clears throat> what if I told you BC, and that's oh, not wow. before COVID. It's before Christ. <laughs> that's I, right. Man. I, so there is a procedure. Now, everybody with sensitive ears, cover your ears, but there is a procedure where the Egyptian whatever medicine man of the time would take a very thin sharp stick oh. and jab it through the eye and literally poke the lens break it from its attachments so it rolled around free inside the eye but where it was completely opacified as a black or white marble it's now out of the way, so light can now come through your eye to your retina. So this actually worked? Yes. But 
as you can expect, a lot of complications, infections <laughs> inside the eye, and they were left aphakic. So their vision was very blurry, but they could recognize door frames, hmm. you know, 2400. That was that 20-400, by the way, of the previous one. But they were remarking about their vision. So um, it's not good, but where they were totally blind, they can now see not to run into people and horses and buildings, you know? So that was called couching. Uh, and then, let's see, about World War II, which one was that, Scott? That would be 1940s, so... What, yeah, 44? 41 to 45, very yeah. good, very good. So then a um, paramedic, not even a doctor then, by the name of Harold Ridley noticed in Britain that when the fighter pilots came back and pieces of the, what's that top part of the glass called? Not the carousel, the... I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the, the, the cockpit glass that goes over it. Canopy, yeah. canopy, thank you. The canopy uh, from bullets got shards you know, all over their face. Some got in their eyes. But the eye didn't really respond to it with an inflammatory reaction. So this acrylic plastic was somewhat tolerated by the eye. Hmm. And up until that time, from the Egyptians till then, we left people aphakic, which means without a lens. Now, we took the lens out. We didn't just stand where we stand. We took it out, and it was a whole big to-do where people would have to be in the hospital with sandbags on each side of their head on a bedpan for two weeks waiting for their cataract surgery cornea to heal so they'd be having this where they could headache. get up and move yeah i mean it was it was very very risky and dangerous still but then he continued to work on it and refine it and polish it and then he started to do studies where people would get this put in their eyes after cataract surgery or they were a fakeic people from previous cataract surgery. And although the power wasn't right, it was a heck of a lot closer to nothing. And so then they could see and almost read things. So this was a big deal. And probably about 15 to 20 years ago, he was knighted in Great Britain. He is, he passed away a few years ago, but he was then Sir Harold Ridley. And there's books about him. And he's the modern father, so to speak, of intraocular lenses for cataract surgery. And then as time went on, the lenses got refined, refined and improved and incisions got smaller. And now it's the most safest, best surgery of all major surgeries done anywhere on your body today. Amazing. But now we also have, for about the last 12 to 15 years, we have multifocal lens implants where now you can see in the distance and you can see up close. And the latest ones in the last five years have become trifocals instead of bifocals. So now you have intermediate vision too. And it's not like you have to look up or down in glasses. The power is actually in rings and your brain separates it automatically brains amazing but it learns to use the technology in these lenses to see these things and it's wonderful 
And those are our happiest patients, the ones in which I've done the multifocal lens implants. So uh, my hat's off to everyone in the past that has worked on the development of those. So if you wear glasses, how often should you go back to the eye doctor just to get a checkup and find out if your prescription needs to be changed? So let's say you have no family history of eye diseases. You have no problems at all or signs of developing any problems. You're not borderline for anything in your eyes. And you're not diabetic. You don't have a known systemic problem that can cause eye problems. You're not on a systemic medication, a pill that you take that can cause eye problems. And you're less than 45. You probably only need to get your glasses checked every two to three years unless you lose scratch break them you're rough on them whatever and then after that you should probably get them checked every two years but if you're having any issues you should get it checked right away it's just kind of common sense again dr craig mccabe on air with us this morning this next text and you too can text us we only have a couple of minutes left but text 615-893-1450 the next text again it says i know you mentioned diabetes a lot i've been diagnosed as being pre-diabetic should i have any concern in regards to my eyes at this point you should go get a good dilated complete eye exam Take two, three hours out of one day and go get it done. And if you haven't had one in a few years, even if you don't have diabetes, you should go get it done. Because, you know, we, I've talked about this numerous times. Can you feel when you have cancer? No. Can you feel when you have high blood pressure? No. Can you feel when you have high cholesterol? No. All these kind of things. You don't know unless the doctor does lab work or looks at you and checks on these things. It's the same way with your eyes. You don't know if you got glaucoma. You don't know if you got macular degeneration until it's too late. And a lot of these things, time is vision. So you want to treat them as soon as you possibly can in the disease course, and you'll do better. And then lastly, let me say on a different subject, just to get it in before we have to go, is that we also have a complete skin care treatment center at McCabe Vision Center. So now if you want to get rid of sunspots, precancerous spots, any of these kind of things on your face, if you want to tighten up and not have so many wrinkles, you just want to look better, you want to get rid of that turkey neck or jowls or droopy eyes or forehead or eyebrows or just wrinkles in general, you want to look better, you want to have your skin look better, you want to feel better about that, now everybody's not wearing masks. So everything's showing now. You want to get that treated, please give us a call. We have the latest technology, of course, and we want to help you. Last question, and we have like a minute left. My eye doctor referred me to a plastic surgeon because I have droopy eyelids. He thinks my medical insurance will likely cover the procedure with the plastic surgeon, but I haven't gone to the plastic surgeon yet. What do you suggest? Well, that that's fine. That's, that's fine. Um, just uh, make sure that you've had an eye exam for it and your insurance likely requires certain testing to be done. Uh, many plastic surgeons do not have this equipment in our office and they refer you to an ophthalmologist like myself to get that testing done and then you go back to them and get the surgery done by them. But oftentimes those things are required for insurance approval. So you could do that as well, though? You don't have to go to a plastic surgeon, it sounds like. Yeah, we've, 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 we've done the testing for several plastic surgeons, both in Nashville and in town. Uh, and 
Uh, we did the procedure a couple weeks ago in the office, so we do it frequently. Again, Dr. Craig McCabe, eye doctor here in Murfreesboro on the air with us. We'll post this to our podcast section in just a little while. Find Dr. Craig McCabe at McCabeVisionCenter.com or on Heritage Park Drive in the borough. Dr. McCabe, thanks for joining us. Thanks. Thanks, everyone, for the wonderful questions. If you have any more, can think of them. Write them down on a piece of paper. We'll see you again here the second Monday of the month next month. Again, you're listening to WGNS Murphy's Bro Local News with Ron Jordan is next. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender.